2: Welcome to Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast.
1: Building things can be really hard, and entrepreneurship is often portrayed in the media as the sexy, or even worse, easy career path. Through this series, we plan to pull back the curtain and tell the gritty stories of entrepreneurship. We're striving to create a relaxed environment where entrepreneurs feel free to tell their stories.
2: This is Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast.
1: Hey there, this is Jeremy Scheinwald with another episode of Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. And uh, we usually record the beginning at the end, um, but in this case, I'm just going to do it with our guests right here, because um, in a small world coincidence, um, and by the way, I have Ashley Cook and Danielle Denkner here of Ash and & Dan's, and you'll hear their story in a second, um, their accessories company, their scarf and accessories company that they started um, several years back. But... Um, a small world coincidence a few months ago i was on vacation in italy and i was sitting on the beach and went out for a swim and somehow ended up uh, with my wife engaging another couple in a conversation in the water about where they've been and flash forward to right now and that person was Danielle, who was on her honeymoon um and who is in the studio so say hi
0: hi it's <laughs> say good hi, to see Ashley. you again yeah, hi nice,
1: nice to see you nice too nice to
0: meet
1: you um, And um, and so yeah. So when I was called recently, saying, "Hey, do we want to have um, two dynamic female entrepreneurs on the show?" Um, I went to their site and I was like, "Wait a second. That's yes. I know them. That'd be great." Um, So enough with the personal stuff on <laughs> the business stuff um, Danielle and Ash were were you guys roommates we were room- roommates, roommates at-
0: set up as roommates freshman year of college at Washu
1: okay so it just shows you that entrepreneurship lurks um, in unexpected places they were set up as roommates in, during their first year at uh, at Washu they graduated in 2008 and um, and into a tough economy and um, and during uh, the recession they started Ash and Dan's which is a like I said an accessories a scarf initially started as a scarf company and Correct. then became an accessories company as well and is available um, in Bloomingdale's I believe and uh, they've got amazing press I, I mean not that I'm a regular reader of 17 but I believe you know I saw you guys there when I was on the press page and all sorts of other you know all the people in, in touch and all that type of stuff so that's the intro um, and, uh, and now let's Get to the actual story of, of Ash and Dan's, and maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll you know I'll get to why it's Ash and Dan's not Dan's and Ash. I mean, we got to talk about that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to I don't want to like what start my dad
2: by asks. yeah. Alphabetical <laughs> order, I'll yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's funny when you when you start with something, it's like you couldn't imagine it the other way. Like now, totally. it would sound weird to be like, yeah, this is Dan's and Ash. But if you started that the other way. You'd be like, well, it's so weird to have and dance.
0: Originally, when we were thinking of names for our company, we wanted to do Roomies, since we had met as roommates. Right. And when we were looking it up, it was actually taken already. It has another business name, and we are so happy. Because yeah. that would have been so cheesy. <laughs> and so
2: we are so happy that it was taken by someone else.
1: Roomies Scarves. Roomies it, yeah.
2: Scarves. Yeah. With um, the O's as buttons. Like, that's <laughs> what our, like, logo was and how we imagined it. And we are so glad that that's not what it is today.
1: <laughs> what is Roomies? Do you guys know? I mean, I know we're... I I don't even know. Just we
2: saw that the website was taken. Like we went to GoDaddy to buy a website, and it was taken, so we couldn't buy it. Something for kids. Yeah.
1: So so I'm told that, or I actually read, so it's got to be true, that um, that you guys started the business. um, That that Ash, you were you were kind of here hoping to you know make a splash as as an actress, and that Danielle, you were kind of like, hmm, really tough job market and. And the, the, some conversations kind of coalesced around entrepreneurship and starting your own business. But I guess my question is, what what would you have been had it been a a, a robust economy? You know, were you a natural entrepreneur? Were there ideas kicking around? Or were you like, yeah, I kind of want to be a management consultant, but the economy just wasn't there?
2: I, like, always, since I was a little girl, like, if I come up with something, like, my compulsion, like, I have to do it. I have to, like, I... Think of how I want to redecorate something, I need to do it that second. Or an idea for in a scarf, I have to do it that second. Or I want to make a dress, I would take an old T-shirt and cut it apart and make it into a dress. So I think, like, inside, I always knew I wanted to do something on my own. And both of our moms, actually, growing up, they each had their own business. So we always look back and we say, like... I think just seeing them run their own business and be so successful on their own, kind of whether or not like we actually thought about it, deep down we knew that like we could do it as well, and I think it's just something that we are meant to do. So when I saw like Danielle bummed out about not having a job and like, I was doing, like, working on a TV show just to kind of, like, do something right after school and see if I would break into acting or if I even wanted to do it, I said, let's start a business. And she kind of looked at me like, yeah, right, like, we're not going to do this. Like, she thought I was crazy, but I was, like, with, like, the same,
0: I'm going to make this dress out of a shirt, like, I was like, we're doing this. (laughs) When Ashley sets her mind to something, it happens. So when she told me we're starting a business... You know, I laughed, but then I said, all right, let's try this. Let's do it.
1: So how long was it between, like, just kind of kicking around the idea, like, hey, why don't we start a business? Like, that's pretty casual. Like, lots of people have those conversations. I know I have them, seriously. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. I have them once a month with someone. That's a great idea. And then, like, oh no. two Third, weeks later, we're like, whatever. We
2: started the next, next day. day. The next day. I, okay. like, texted friends to find a sewing machine, because I didn't owe one. And I, like that day we went through Danielle's giveaway pile of clothes <laughs> and I was like do you need this sweater and she's like nope I was like it's going to be a trim on a scarf and we we cut up
0: my cashmere sweater we cut up everything
2: yeah, and that sewed it Uh huh. that weekend I borrowed the sewing machine Danielle sat on the floor we went to her parents' apartment and sat on the floor she was cutting and I was sewing and we spent an entire Saturday and Sunday we slept at her parents because we were just like we're going to do it this whole weekend and we made samples
1: so was that like what was the rationale between just starting to cut up clothes? We were like, okay, these are okay, the prototypes so that we're yeah, going to yeah, sell? Yeah. Or was it like, we just want to see if we can actually manufacture this So
2: stuff? basically, like, the beginning of the story, when we were trying to decide, like, what we were going to do as a business, we were like, oh, let's make, like, healthy snacks. Or let's write a book about how funny we were in college. And we're like, no one's going to think that's funny besides the two of us. <laughs> so her mom walked down the stairs wearing a scarf. And Danielle and I actually showed up freshman year with stacks of, like, the $3 pashminas off the street And We were wearing scarves like Before it was an actual thing Now you walk around and like People wear scarves like As a trend people wear scarves to keep warm But like this like back in the day Like wasn't a thing So he said let's take our old vintage t-shirts And cut them apart Cause you know like vintage t-shirts are very soft jersey Cut them apart sew them together And we'll make them scarves Like that's where the idea started So that's why like a good amount of our scarves, the base of the the scarf is a jersey that feels like a vintage tee.
1: So, but what I I find interesting is like if you're saying to yourself, um, I'm struggling in the job market and, you know, maybe... I guess struggling means you're starting to get a little nervous, right? Like it's like a little desperate when you don't have a job. Um, it's interesting that you would like double down and say, let's start a company, uh, like, uh, like which for many people would entail more risk. So what was the thought process there?
0: We always talk about that. Um, a lot of people say, although it seems counterintuitive to us now, but that it's really risky to start a business right out of college. For us, we think we're very lucky that we decided to do this right out of college. You know, we didn't have... We still don't have children, family. We really just had to take care of ourselves and we thought, we don't have a job right now. If we can make a little extra money on the side, let's start this business, let's try it out because we have a good idea. We wanna do dressed up jersey. And it was when the recession had just started and we noticed that people were starting to shop less. They were buying less outfits, less t-shirts, less dresses, but people were still buying accessories because it was one thing that you could wear over and over and use it to make an outfit different. So we thought, you know what? Maybe we should start a business where we're making accessories because we can actually get this out there and it's something people are still willing to spend money on and if it fails we're still young and we can try something else but let's do it now.
1: So kind of like yeah, if if not now when? Like yeah. we won't have that opportunity in the, in the future.
0: I think it'd be really hard to have a steady 9 to 5 job and make a steady salary and then have to leave that to risk right. something that you don't know if it's going to happen but for us it was worth the risk in the beginning. Why not?
1: Right. And I think there are other kinds of risks, right? When you're starting a friendship, when you're starting a business, that 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 you were you were initially good for like very good friends. You guys seem to be the best of friends still. Yeah. Um, Both big smiles there. And I mean, <laughs> did you guys have a, a, a talk about the ground rules of business and friendship and how you were going to ensure? Like, I, I'll, I'll digress a second and say, like, I I lost a very good friend early on in my career over a business, and it's still sort of you know to this day as I think about it, it makes me like grr. And uh, and so you know. How did you guys navigate that? Or Honestly, did you officially navigate it?
2: I think, like, I don't want to, like, toot our own horns, but I think it's, like, an anomaly, our friendship. Um, we, like, were perfect roommates. We, like, did our own thing. Like, we both, like, were clean. Like, did all, like, everything, like, aligned perfectly. And our friendship was just great, and we understood each other. We joke, and, like, I said this in the, her speech when I at her wedding, that, like, how much closer we are to this day than we were then just because working together, you really understand everything about one another. And it's not like I couldn't work with all of my friends. Like if so, if I'm out of town or I can't do something I know Danielle's already done it and answered the email or vice versa like the two of us have the exact same work ethic and we have the exact same organization skills and we have different qualities and characteristics that we add to the company but it balances each other perfectly the one conversation we had because we were both out of college you like look for a roommate it's hard to live in New York Alone, it's You can't really afford living alone. We just joked that we were like, and it was just like a mutual thing. It wasn't like a serious conversation. We were like, we can't live together. No. <laughs> I would text would at like, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and text at like 3 a.m. an idea about a color or a trim or something we'd have to do. Like I couldn't turn it off. So like if we didn't have that separation, if we'd lived together, it would just be too much. Like we would have had, it would have been too much Ash and Dan's and not enough like time to just sit back and and think about what we were doing. So that was the one thing as we just said no living together after.
1: So 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 there was no what was there ever an official conversation you guys had or you guys just knew you were operating on the same level and like hey, we can make this work and right. and it just it just didn't even occur to you that things would fall apart?
2: No, I mean in terms of like when we had to go through getting a tax ID number and how to split up the business, like it was just an understanding that like we are both going to put in 50/50, and that's like how we've always like approached our friendship. It's it's we think of each other on the same level and we know that we're both capable of the same things. Or if we're if we're both stronger with other things, then we let the other person take charge it's it's we know when to sit back and we know when to step up and I think it's just that's like the balance that we found
1: so when you started was there any official um, division of responsibilities you know Danielle were you the I don't know, the press person and you were the manufacturer the operations person or whatever it might be
0: a little bit in the beginning when we were navigating starting a, our own business I think that we were learning so much that we were both doing a lot together but we do have different strengths I have to say Ashley's one of the most creative people that I know and Thanks. sometimes I don't even understand understand how her brain works, the colors, the patterns, the things she thinks of. If it was my company uh, alone, I would probably only have all black scarves. um, And that's why it's good that I have Ashley to be the creative one. But um, yeah, I was an English major, so I think in the beginning I took care of some more press and communications. Ashley was doing a lot more of the designing. And while we each have our own strengths, we're able to do all of the tasks together. And I think that like when she was just saying that,
2: I mean, I've become a better writer because of Danielle, and I've become, like, able to sit back on, like, some of the design things and say, okay, what do you think about this? Versus just being like, this is what we want to do. Like, we also not only had our strengths, but, like, improved other qualities and characteristics that we needed to improve just by learning from one another.
0: Yeah. Ashley taught me that I don't have to write like an English major for every email. In fact, some buyers (laughs) like a smiley face at the end of the emails. That was something I had a hard time learning. But you know, exclamation points like give a tone that we're excited
2: rather than just very serious. So That's that's not proper grammar. (laughs) Uh,
1: I can can respect that. I was uh, I'm very cautious with my emails. So I I can respect that. We can work together. So, I read that you guys opened a bank account together, um, you know, you you seeded it equally. Yes. What does it take? What did it take to start a business? If you don't want me asking if it's something you wanted to fine. share, how much money went into that bank account?
0: Actually, we each put in $2,000 in the beginning, um, which was a, a lot for us, you know. It was a risk, and especially right out of college, uh, it's funny because... Now, we look back, we paid ourselves back within three months after that, mostly because of our um, business model, because we manufacture in New York City, because we don't have to keep inventory, because we have little to no minimums. Uh, We were able to just profit based on orders. We only cut what we needed. We only bought what we needed. Uh, One of our favorite stories that Ash loves is the first week or first month that we were doing this, I went to Mood Fabrics to get some swatches, and we needed some fabric scissors since we were making the samples ourselves and I had a panic attack because they were $30 and I couldn't get in touch with Ashley and was that too much to spend and I was hand stapling receipts onto pieces of paper and it's just funny, we were so cautious in the beginning, which I think is smart, but when you're putting in your own money and you don't have outside investors and it's not even that much money at all to start with, we have to be very careful and smart about the way that we spent money and... Uh, yeah, and we always just, I mean,
2: Now, looking back, it's like (laughs) the fact that we built a business of like a $2,000 investment each, and within three months, paid ourselves back and started profiting. It's funny to think that we were so frugal about everything we spent because we were like nervous, what if this goes nowhere and we're gonna lose this? And now we have a better understanding of which styles sell, which styles we need to keep in inventory, <clears> and <throat> then different stores, what they're gonna buy. But at that point, we, were, we didn't know who was gonna pick up our line. We didn't know were we just gonna sell to our friends and family what we were gonna sell for. So I always joke that like, the thirty dollars scissors was like the first freak out of Ash and Dan.
1: It's funny, like when I started my own business, I um I realized that I, I mean it's you know, every business is a little different, but I you know I have a services based business and I delivered the serf- my service myself, so like I was the big expense, and um and so I just realized I just had to save money by cutting back on my lifestyle, so I moved into a into I didn't wasn't exactly living that lavishly. I moved into a very Cheap and dingy apartment, yeah. and I cut off my cell phone service uh, because I had a one work line, and I just did all these things. And it's amazing, you know, what you can do sure. to be resourceful. I mean, like for anyone listen, like two thousand dollars to start a business that has had a seven-year lifespan—that's phenomenal, right? That's, that's yeah, really amazing. Like that's all your working capital. So you've always stayed ahead of that. The two thousand dollars was in. Did you guys ever have to reinvest it all?
2: No, no, we always. I mean, we lucked out because. When we say three months, like right off the bat, we basically built our website for to be published in Lucky Magazine. So, um, <laughs> Jessica Zor told Lucky Magazine that Ash and Dans was her new favorite up and coming scarf company. Let me, let
1: me just interject because I only know who Jessica Zor is um, because of my research for the show. So this is a, this is an, an actress who was on Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, Girl yeah. But so
2: this is an actress who was on Gossip Girl, and I had given her scarves, and she just like loved them. And I didn't even know she was doing this. Her agent contacted me. I was actually home in Colorado sick with pneumonia and said, we're having trouble finding this company, Ash and Dan's, that Jess Zor says is her favorite scarf company. And the, her um, agent said, like, where are you guys on the website? Like, there's no website being built. And so I literally found someone in Colorado to build the website, and I told Lucky Magazine, oh, it's just in the process, because we had bought the URL. We built the website. So it was done before the magazine was published. We could run a deal with them. We did a Lucky Breaks deal where it was a percentage off of, it was a pink scarf with like. White lace trim. With white lace flower trim. And just from that that deal, we were able to pay ourselves off. And then we started profiting. And from the Lucky Magazine, we became more known like. I waited and have you guys ever heard of like Bendel's does a I don't know I don't think they do it anymore I,
1: I haven't heard of it
2: okay so you probably haven't heard of it but and they don't I don't think they do it anymore because they're just the Bendel's brand but they do like this call where like I literally like waited in line outside at 5am in the morning Danielle was out of town but I was like I'm going to do it and I just like stood outside with a bag full of scarves and I went in and they said oh we recognize you because I had like the press from Lucky Magazine we recognize you from Lucky Magazine they ended up calling us in for a trunk show we sold out of everything that day and just from that Bendel's picked up our line, Bloomingdale's picked up our line, Harvey Nichols in Dubai picked up our line, all of these different stores just from being in bundles and from being in Lucky, like that's why it happened. So it's like this trickle effect that we say, yes, we have, you've been profiting. Yes. But we were very lucky in the sense that like from the very beginning, when we built our be- website, that Lucky did this deal with us.
1: Right. I would say fake it till you make it, but you weren't faking it. I mean, the stuff was there. It's just that you, you were just leveraging it over and over and over again to For get sure. more and Correct. more exposure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it
2: this is smart people should build things the venture for america podcast a show about entrepreneurs and their stories
1: so, you guys, but you guys, you, we already talked about it. You guys started by manufacturing it all yourself. And how long were you manufacturing? Your, like 2008 till 2008? Are you manufacturing we only yourself? only
0: actually handmade the first couple of prototypes. And then once we decided, we love this idea of dressed up jersey with an embellished trim on the bottom, then we started to do our research and find manufacturers in New York City in the garment district. Because we knew that if we were gonna get into stores, they had to be professionally sewn. It couldn't look arts and craftsy. We needed a really nice product. So So we only, we never sold any to stores that we made ourselves.
1: So you guys um, determined that you would manufacture in New York, was there ever any thought to like, maybe we should be flying off to China or India? Well not with
0: our two thousand (laughs) dollars so yeah I think that that's one thing because we have friends who we know who've started companies who started right away manufacturing in China but that means you're gonna make you know 10,000 of each SKU and for us we we weren't starting that way we were just making a couple prototypes seeing if it if it grew seeing if it took off and working from there so we knew we needed to do something local
2: the minimums like if you go to abroad to other countries are crazy. What's, so a, what's
1: a minimum? Like, in, like a minimum, China? essentially,
2: the like smallest one we could potentially find for one skew. Which means, like, if we have one one scarf in five different colors, one of those colors is considered a skew. Is three thousand units. So if we had five of those scarves right there, just from one scarf, five different colors, that's fifteen thousand units, and that was something that we couldn't hold on to that much inventory because we didn't know what was gonna sell. So like Bendel's first order was over 800 units and our manufacturer here made all of those but that was different SKUs. So even from a huge order like that for one store, still making it in the States, in New York, was more profitable even though it costs a lot more to make it in, in New York.
1: Right. Well, I mean, this is the Venture for America podcast. So I think, uh, you know, you're getting some, some uh, big points here for manufacturing yeah. uh, locally here
2: yeah, yeah. in New York.
1: So uh, how, did you fi- I mean, how did you find a manufacturer? Like, how do you just get a, like, a list of manufacturers somehow? I mean, do you start knocking on doors? And how many did you talk to?
0: We actually had a friend, Ashley had a friend from growing up who had a clothing line and she also produced in New York City in the garment district. So she introduced us to her pattern maker and we met with her to see if she'd be able to make some of our samples. And she was our original, our first manufacturer. And uh, once we decided that we liked our product but the process wasn't great, we looked into manufacturing with other manufacturers who were maybe uh, more our style, more organized basically the first Danielle's trying to be like polite. very polite, to be about be polite. It. <laughs>
2: and I will as well who knows but who's listening the first the first manufacturer it just it wasn't as smooth as like we would want it and as you can tell we're very organized and very on top of things and so like when a deadline wouldn't be met or if the quality of the scarf wasn't great and we had to have her remake it, it was more of a hassle for us. So then I spoke to my friend again and she actually had changed manufacturers as well. So we followed her to this new manufacturer who is amazing. literally amazing. And she, we've been with her the whole time. She's on the same path as us, like exact same like organization, exact same. She knows if we give her something and we, we give it to her in advance because like, there's always issues with other designers coming in and needing their products made. She's very on top of it. Like, she texts with us and tells us. So, as much as we're giving up some of the control by by giving it to her to do, but we're not going to make it, she's also... Like, letting us know every step of the way, so.
1: But, I mean, manufacturing still, even if you have a really good manufacturer, it can still be a little um, nebulous at times. I mean, is, are, is it just a nail-biter every time you've, are you like, oh, no, Bendel's wants, you know, 500 scarves? Like, are we going to be able to do it? Like, how do you manage that, you know, between order, delivery, the stress, all that type of stuff? And has there ever been a close call? Have you... You know, as, as someone from Bendel's called you and said, Dan's, I want those scarves. Now. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> no, You know, for store orders, there's a ship window. So we'll make sure that if it's a big order, we give ourselves enough time to manufacture, ship, get it there on time. Um, if stores are placing orders in advance, we are very organized. We make sure that our order is ready, you know, one to two weeks before we even need to start shipping it. So that's there on time. There was one time, our biggest order, our biggest sale to date, where we were not anticipating as many orders as we got we got 3000 orders in 24 hours. So
1: was this s- was this your today show thing? Yeah. This was okay, our today give us show give thing. us the okay, so uh, you know, I I'm, I'm big on transparency. Danielle and I chatted briefly before the show about this. <laughs> Tell everyone the story. I mean, this is crazy.
0: So, Ashley and I really wanted to get our scarves on the Today show. Um, Jill Martin has a Deals and Steals segment where she shows a product and gives a deep discount for it. Um, and we've been trying we had been trying in the beginning when we started Ash and Dan's to get touch with her and get them on the show to no avail uh, about two years into I think two years that yeah. two years into uh, founding the company, we finally got through to her and they were interested in picking them up and we had no idea what types of sales we would get from this sort of segment, from this sort of exposure. So we were sitting watching on TV as she's showing our scarves, and all of a sudden the orders start pouring in, and we get 3,000 orders in 24 hours, and we manufactured those right after we got, we, we had maybe 200 in stock. Yeah, so the ones we had in stock, we just
2: sent right away, but like, we threw on our leggings and our workout clothes and sneakers, and we just sat there packaging them and buying extra material. Like, we didn't have all the material in stock. We knew we could make it, and we knew we could get it. That's why we said we could have unlimited quantities. We wouldn't have done if we couldn't. But it was like we were schlepping bolts of material. We were sitting there packaging the scarves and having finding out a way to, like, get all the... the um, mailing slips printed out so we didn't have to individually print them out like it was just definitely something that we were glad happened two years later we always like just joke if that would have happened right when we started no way we would have been able to because we've we've learned so much how to like deal with deal with like shipping and deal with like big orders and deal with getting enough quantities in and and enough materials that at that point we knew what we were doing but it was still definitely stressful it was like a mother's day segment so like we had have these scarves out so these mamas could have their scarves but
1: <laughs> so how long did it take you to fulfill the order
0: two weeks two weeks two weeks and it was a promise of a month right yeah we pro- yeah we had to say we would ship them all within a month but we we needed to beat that
1: And were were you guys pitching in on the manufacturing as well?
0: No. 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 She brought other people in, though. So she had
2: to hire. Yeah, so she has people who work under her, but then I think she brought in, like, six or seven more people to make them and bring them in. So it was, like, it was very smooth. But we also, everyone always says, like, why don't you hire people to help and do this? As you can tell, we, like, like to do it ourselves because we know we're going to do it right. And so we would just sit there and we, like, Put on headphones and music, and the two of us sat there packaging it. And we would do it early in the morning to late the night. And two weeks, we got it all done.
1: So I I don't really understand how retail works. I mean, is there any predictability? Do you know there are certain orders that are going to come? Like, is it all just fits and starts? Like, oh my God, we just got an order today, and we got to get moving on it. Like, how how does it work?
2: Well, for us, it's a little bit different than like a a bigger company because we'd also deal with immediate. So essentially, like. If your store has excess money and can buy some accessories or buy something else with their leftover money for that season, we can ship it within two days. So like stores who only buy big brand names, they're buying it significantly in advance because that company is just cutting and sewing for the amount of quantity that was ordered. They don't have excess units that they could deliver to a store. We, on the other hand, like if a store sells our stuff out in a day... They could email us, and we could send them x amount of units within two days, which is rare for a company. But it's because we do manufacture everything in Manhattan.
1: Right, and why? So you started with you started with scarves, and you've moved to hats. I like blankies. I've got a daughter. I like, <laughs> like, like your, your blankies. Um, like, why? Where does? How do you determine like what to move on to next? Is is there market research, or is it a hunch?
0: Well. Scarves are seasonal, I think, from you know fall, winter, even spring, people like to wear scarves. But we started branching out into hats and headbands and other products um, when we realized that we needed a product that would sell in the summer. Um, and also we wanted to reuse the same material, which is where the baby blankets came from. We got a lot of comments that our jersey was so soft. People loved it. They wanted to sleep in it. They wanted to wrap themselves in it. And, you know, we haven't made blankets for adults yet, but for babies, we realized that it was the perfect material for baby blankets. It. And um, so we we actually choose our products based on our other products other than scarves based on what other materials we have and what season it is. So hats are great for summer. People want to be fashionable but also protect their skin. Um, and baby blankets are great for year round now.
1: Let hmm. me give us have a nice soft summer hat. Oh yes. Do you guys have any men's? St- you just, you just, it's almost all. It's all women's.
0: It's all women's. We yeah. do have some unisex styles for some of our basic jersey pieces.
1: Right, I don't think I'm a scarf I guy. Know, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know. i i I, I love having you guys on the show, but I, I think just maybe look, we'll you some styles. Maybe just looking the be, way Maybe I'm we can change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, send me a scarf. I'll try and wear it. All right, um, I'll wear it like a cravat. I'll wear it like inside my.
0: Uh, Very outside. French.
1: There we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, like, is there is there a, is there like a whale you're chasing? Like, is there? A, I mean, you're in Bloomingdale's. Like, you're in. I mean, I'm sorry. So
2: Bloomingdale's right now, actually. Like, speaking of branching out, is our pillow collection. So they're throw pillows. Um, So we've always wanted to do something in home. Like Danielle the other day was reading old emails and an old interview we had done. And they said, where do you see yourself in five years? This was what? How long ago? Probably five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Probably five years ago. Um, And we said somewhere in home, doing something in home, some sort of Accessory design for home. And we actually are now selling to seven stores in Bloomingdale's, seven Bloomingdale stores, excuse me, and online, bloomingdales.com. Um, we did an exclusive pillow deal with them, and it's our, um, everyone always, like we keep saying, comments how soft it is, and they wanted a soft, contemporary looking pillow. So our scarf, it's our Addie scarf and our Addie and Addison pillows. Um, It's a cutout material over our soft jersey, so rather than having like my boyfriend would always complain about like a beaded pillow I had, and so like it's decorative this one, but this it's also comfortable, and so that's like what was the appeal to Bloomingdale's as well. So they just got in there, and we're in their September calendar and magazine, so we're hoping that that's something that will transition into more um, home design as well.
1: Gotcha. You guys, I, I mean, I know you've had a whole bunch of, of um, you know, s- success getting celebs to wear your stuff, and I, I think I, I, who did you, I remember reading something about you guys uh, once, I don't know, a, a scarf was like in a store, and the next day you saw someone big, maybe someone I haven't heard of, <laughs> uh, wearing wearing, wearing your stuff. Uh, who was it, and does that stuff actually have any, like, if something's in, uh, you know, I don't in touch, the, 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 does, it, of, yeah. does it suddenly, I mean, do you get caught? Calls or do you get people buying stuff? That did happen correlate? for the,
0: fir- the first time that we had a celebrity image. It was about seven years ago. Leighton Meester was wearing our scarf on a gossip website, and we didn't. And we got someone an email from one of our friends saying, "That looks like your lace trim on the scarf. Is that your scarf?" Oh, and yeah. it was. That was from way way back seven years ago. But yeah, we've. We actually were told at uh, when we were selling at Bendel's, they called us to let us know that Catherine Zeta-Jones had come in and purchased a scarf of ours. Oh, that's
1: yeah. nice.
0: I didn't get to see her wearing it, but they told us that she liked it.
1: And I mean, does, <laughs> and so does I mean, does that have any impact, or is it just like you know, that's just nice to know. Or do you start stalking Catherine Jones so you can get a picture of her? Definite stalking.
0: No, you know what? It actually depends. We thought in the beginning, if you get on a celebrity, that's it. Now you're going to have sales. We're great. And what we've realized is it really needs to be a collaboration of the celebrity shot and good press. Because if you, for example, we had a picture of Jessica Alba wearing one of our scarves. That picture alone was great. It would help us get into more stores. But what helped us get sales was when they published that picture in in InStyle magazine, which I don't know if you know InStyle. But it's, it's a big shopping magazine. The readers are reading it for fashion. They're reading it because they want to buy what they see in there. Right. And so once we had the celebrity picture with, you know, buy it on uh, we saw that translate directly into sales. But sometimes mm. we have celebrities wear our scarves and it's just... It's great for us. It's great to be able to show our fans, look who's wearing this, and help stores decide which styles to pick up. Um, But other than that, it's not always going to be the thing that that makes our scarf famous. It was also harder when we first started in terms of, like, social media
2: was not what it is today. So, like, Instagram didn't exist. So today, when you have someone wear your scarf and if they tag your Instagram, and then that goes to your Instagram and goes directly to your um, website – You're golden. So, like, something like that is amazing. But if you just have even just a picture of it, that people don't know where to buy it. So, like, I would definitely say that now, like, the transition into like Instagram being so popular and Facebook. that's also something that will help translate into sales.
1: So you guys are you're 7 years into this business together still getting along, smiling, you know <laughs> your brand's expanding. <laughs> if you could is is there is there some, you know, if you had your magic wand and you could make a problem go away, you could solve a problem like like what what problem is there that you're just like go away problem? I'm, I'm, we want to be more well horrible. known. That's okay. what it is. I more would exposure. say that
2: more exposure. I would say that we always say anyone who wears our scarves loves them and they keep buying them and we like see repeat customers over and over again but the lack of brand awareness to the extent of like a rag and bone or events or something like that if we could be like a name like that where people knew you go to Ash and Dan's for scarves. That's where. That's the magic wand. That's what we would want to make happen.
0: We always say we wanted to get to a place where people say, "I need my Ash and Dan's, not I need my scarf." And that's what we say. So we're like, let that be what others say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so wh- what? Uh, so uh, I, I, what's the plan to get there? What's, 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 what's next? You know, are again seven years deep. I mean, you don't have to give me the actual business plan, but what, what's on the horizon?
2: So we're still climbing uphill, so we haven't hit that plateau yet. So even though like some some climbs are like slower than others, like summer seasons or, or just that it's seasonal, we basically feel like if we keep doing what we're doing and getting more exposure through, getting into different stores, bigger stores, smaller stores, whatever they are, and driving more customers to our website, whether that be through celebrity awareness, whether that's through more press... Um, it's just all about getting customers to our site, getting customers knowing our names, whether that's through the stores or whatnot. So it's a matter of us just keep
0: keeping like how being persistent how we are. And I think Yeah, we do I add. think that uh, the the danger would be to become complacent, you know. Oh, we were in the New York Times, we were in Vogue, so now we've made it. I and mean, we know clearly that's not the case, you know. Just because you get some press or some celebrities, it's just the beginning. And so now we have to work really hard. I think it was easy in the beginning when it was snowballing, when we were new. Everybody wanted to know what's this new thing. And I think for us, we just have to keep it fresh, keep new ideas, keep um, you know, coming up with awesome new scarves and products, and branching out like into home. Yeah, and that's why. Just
2: having these decorative pillows at Bloomingdale's, it's something that's different, but it's something that's different from what we're used to doing, but it's something that's also unique to Ash and Dance and still falls under our brand.
1: So, um, Danielle, at the beginning, you you said that that Ash is like very independently motivated and just sort of keeps <laughs> keeps on track. You know, yeah. she, she's uh, you know no trouble motivating. But like you, you know, again, like how do you? Because you guys just kind of said like you know we're 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 where we are and we've got these you know these ambitions. But how do you how do you stay motivated to do something every day? I mean, I I'm, I know this from my own business. Like where it was really different when I started than it is now and. It's not that I'm, I'm having trouble staying motivated, but it's just, it's just a different kind of energy and feel. You know, what do you are you like keeping lists every day and like I got to knock we these do. things out? We yeah. do. We
0: actually keep our lists. We call them PII's. Um, we used to carry around moleskins and we would put our, our ideas in the book, put it in the book, and so okay. that, that became <laughs> PII. So we will make sure you know in the beginning of the week we'll send each other PII for this week. These are the things we need to do. You know, we need to make sure we discuss this with Bloomingdale's. We need to make sure we do this for. Spring spring. spring, X, Y, Z, and um, because we're so, we communicate so well and we are always making lists and thinking about short-term plans and long-term plans, Um, as long as we keep putting the things in the book, we'll keep checking them off.
1: Well, I hope the people who are listening will will Pii it in their own books. to go up there and, <laughs> and check out your check out Walking your Walking down the
0: street and someone's
2: like Pii, yeah. <laughs> then we've made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: no, it's a fun story. You guys, are, you guys have been great, and like the, you know, I, I think it's really amazing that at you know at two thousand dollars and a lot of energy, um, you know, you can build a brand these days, and the costs of starting something have come down so much. You know, the physical space. I mean, you guys are really smart to be outsourcing early, and um, it sounds like you're building something that's a, a great brand and a lot of fun. So I want to. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having us. And we'll, yes. uh, there you go. Same we'll, time. <laughs> if I if I I'll I'll try and track down a scarf for my wife, and then I'll be I'll say you know well what, what did you tell me to say a second ago? You're it's there, my Ashton dance. It's my Ashton dance. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, thanks so much, guys. Thank. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.